0: Welcome to Between Sundays, I'm Tyler, and I'm in my shelter of leafy plants with a front row seat to the destruction of Nineveh. Nothing's getting in my way to watch the world burn. Barry's here to show us if we do raw, we get raw. But before we get God's grace, now that they've sent their worms and scorching winds, let's welcome in our favorite Ninevites, Maren and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. day. (laughs) What? Maren. If you do raw, you get raw. If you do raw,
1: get raw. (laughs) If
0: you do it, you get it. Making a t-shirt. Uh, happy Halloween, everybody!
1: Happy Reformation it's- Day! Yay! Happy Reformation Day to you as so, well. So this is
0: confusing. Everybody I know who's Christian and we do trunk or treat <laughs> because trick or treat can't have that because it's sp- like it's ghosts and ghouls. Like we don't like Halloween. Who's we? Your Christian Christians- friends. Yeah, well, I don't have a problem with that. I know some people don't like <laughs> but it, here, but here, Marin is saying it's a it's Reformation Day because it is well, it is Reformation Day. That, but you're also dressed up like a cat right now.
1: I am not. I have cat ears because I was trying to be festive because the day yeah. started terribly uh, and I was, I was trying to turn it around. But Martin it, Luther it didn't turn
2: around. Martin yeah. Luther classically a big fan of cats, so yeah. <laughs> Reformation.
0: <Exactly. laughs> happy Reformation. So, day. Yeah, you're dressed up as Martin Luther. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, we forgot to pod last week. and We didn't forget. We, we were on a retreat, yeah. And then Marin,
1: I was not got on COVID. A retreat. She was real sick. I Marin, was... are you okay? <laughs> I'm. I'm okay. I I did test positive for COVID, and there were two and a half days that were just kind of fluy, pretty bad. Muscle yeah. aches, mm-hmm. your joints, every single joint in your body's screaming at you. Don't it was act like that. Like
2: you're a big shot. <laughs>
1: Um, but we we were you all were on a retreat. Yeah and I had my phone, like I called in to the meeting. Yes. The eight hour meeting. Yes. And I just left my phone on mute on the pillow next to my face. I figured that you you fell asleep. And I just no, I never fell asleep on you guys. I fell asleep when you took a lunch break. Yes. That was my nap. (laughs) Yeah. I took a little nap and then got right back to work. Man.
0: Yeah, so lead team, we took a Two day retreat that only went for one day. Yeah, we got, will we will
2: make up the other day. Yeah, we're going coming back to it. And
0: Marin was remote,
2: and that's uh, one of the reasons why we're not yeah. why we didn't do two days. Cause yeah, I, if I
0: were you, me. if I were you, I would just would have put it on like smooth jazz or something <laughs> and fallen asleep.
1: Oh no, I spoke every time I was spoken to. It's true, yeah, but very it impressive. was it was nice to be able to just sit yeah. and listen.
0: But you're feeling okay now.
1: I feel great now.
0: You got your new cut. Fresh cut. You're feeling real good.
1: I came out of COVID with a fresh new haircut. Feeling this is great. like
0: this is like a whole new look for you.
1: This is a headphone cut. Okay, I <laughs> What wear, does that mean? It means I wear headphones quite often as part of my job, including now. And this yeah, is the make cut, allowances for that. This is the cut that would go the best with headphones.
0: So I like it. Thank you. But most people <laughs> most people like it, right? <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> you told me I looked sharp. All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly what you were going for. You look so. real sharp. <laughs> you look snazzy, Marin. That's exactly. No, that's it. too
0: much. It's too far. I You look neat. Yeah. Thanks. I No, that's too far. That's still too far. So I <laughs> told Marin, I saw her at church and saw that she got a haircut mm-hmm. and uh I let her know, we're coworkers. And so I let her know at the last company I worked for, we had sexual harassment training and we were told the only appropriate thing you can say to somebody of the opposite gender when they have a change to their physical appearance is you look sharp. Wow. So I couldn't, that's what I had to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I
0: didn't hey, want to you cross for, any lines <laughs> for uh, not crossing so you lines. Look sharp. So you love it. You love that. You love the new look.
1: It's growing on me. It's, it's literally (laughs) where's the drill. We need like a, like a (laughs) sound effect. (laughs) How could we, that's not, we not have one of those. It's shorter than I've gone in a very, very long time. Yeah. It's shorter than, uh, shorter than I intended to go. Yeah. But you know, it's like the best part about curly hair is how healthy it feels when you hack it all off. Mm, So like it just, it just feels great. Yeah. But the worst part about curly hair, Doesn't everybody have to use like a special shampoo? No, less. Oh, less shampoo? Yeah. So here's the two things I don't know how to do in life. I don't know <laughs> how to cook for less than nine people. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how to use less shampoo. Like no matter what.
2: You're going to use like a cup Half of a bottle, shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Every
1: single time. What do you, um, why? I just, it, it it's just different when you got long hair, you know? Right. Like the, so the, now like, you have short hair. <laughs> Still not that short. I mean, like it, those are. As I was saying, the worst part about curly hair is how long it takes to grow out because yeah. it doesn't grow straight down. It just yeah. keeps coiling around yeah. and around, yeah, right. and so it's going to be this length for gonna
0: be- some time. <laughs> it's going to be a while. All but right. It feels really healthy. Well, It looks good. Thanks. It looks, it looks, looks, sharp. Sharp. It looks sharp. 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 Sharp.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: Guys, what's new? It's been so it's been a couple of weeks. That's why we didn't come out with the show last week. There was COVID issues and retreat issues, and so no show. But we're here. We're committed. So what's new? What can we tell the people? I I mean I don't. It's fall, so I'm
2: just like outside Halloween. doing leaves.
1: What oh, is like the goodness. harvest like for you? Because I feel like you've got like <laughs> you've got like a summer thing going yeah, with all, all of like your fruits. <laughs> You know, yeah, but it's yeah. not like you're out there like growing corn or soybeans, right? right? So not like, no. do you have
2: harvest? a harvest
1: no. in the harvest season? Well, I
2: harvested my sunflower seeds Okay, or there, I mean the process, I'm drying them out right now so I can harvest those, uh, I harvested my amaranth, but that was like weeks ago. Uh no, we're not at the moment I'm not really harvesting much. I've got a lot of leeks. You want some leeks?
1: I actually do. I right now am harvesting my chives. Oh. They're there doing we go. very well. Cool stuff. <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> uh
2: so now, right now there's not a lot to harvest. I did start the process of uh mushroom logs. Ooh. Remember
0: telling you about I'm gonna grow. Is that them. just like writing about mushrooms every day?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like a <laughs> yeah, there's kind of a blog. They call them logs. <laughs> yeah. No, it, mushroom
0: it, log number seven.
2: No, you actually you can drill these, you hammer in these little uh, pegs that have spawn of different types of mushrooms, and if you do it into the right type of tree, then it, you'll grow the kind of mushrooms you want. So I'm going to be growing shiitake mushrooms and, <gasps> and giving that a shot, and seeing Are how you? that goes. Yeah. So I I, I harvested don't... quote unquote harvested a nice good size, perfectly sized uh, oak branch, pretty big one because I needed like five three foot long mm-hmm. like branches or logs or whatever and then after i let the trees natural defense systems die off for the next couple of weeks then i'll go in and drill the holes and and put the put the plugs in and then i'll get them all nice and wet let them sit up over the winter and then sometime next spring or summer i'll should i should have my first flush of shiitake and then they'll keep giving me mushrooms for like 5 or 6 years
1: that's like the lifespan of a of a, a, mushroom, of a log. mushroom log yes is that is that uh is is
0: is that normal language for a, Wait, is mushroom log?
2: to grow mushrooms. No, like,
0: oh. is it, is it a normal thing to say? I, I'll get my first flush.
1: That's what it's called. It's called a flush. So, so I mushrooms- had a flush come in the mail like <laughs> yesterday. Of what? I ordered was a, gi- very uncomfortable. a gigantic like plastic thing full <laughs> of, of, <mushrooms>? of, <laughs> of dried shiitake. Oh, oh well, my Tonight's okay. dinner is called a woodsman pasta. Okay. And there will be shiitakes that are reconstituted. Yeah. And I cannot wait. Yeah.
2: All right. I didn't. And they weren't having didn't...
1: chicken for dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we're having woodsman shiitake. pasta.
2: Here's the deal. I didn't mean to get into like a lesson on mushroom <laughs> biology, but for you, for your information. Tyler and friends of the pod. So mushrooms grow by eating and consuming the wood, right? In like a tree or a fallen log or branch. That's why what they grow underneath the mycelium is what grows and, and consumes the wood. You don't have to tell me that. But they actually, their version of fruiting- is what's called a flush where they will grow the caps that we eat. That's mm-hmm. that's the flush. It comes out and it comes out pretty quickly. Within a couple of days, the whole mushroom that we would think of as the mushroom is out. Um, but that's really just the reproductive part of the mushroom trying to spread the, the spawn to make more of itself. So we eat that kind of like we eat the reproductive part of an apple tree when we eat an apple, which has the seeds inside of it. It's yeah. all it's all that kind of thing. So that's he partied oh. hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm giving. You're partying hard. I'm partying hard. I'm giving some, I'm giving some shiitake spawn, yes. some, yeah. some many I years of And I am skirting fine, the
1: system by just going straight to Amazon. Straight to Amazon. You can yes. order mushrooms on Amazon. Dried mushrooms. Interesting. Yes. This is going to have fresh mushrooms and dried mushrooms. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And yeah. I'm probably going to be the only one who will eat it, but yeah. that's okay. All right. Because I love mushrooms. Anyway. Um, guys, I have a problem. Okay. And great. That's you, what we're here for. <laughs> Barry, you more than anyone Uh-oh. could maybe help me. With, I am not infallible who missed my not. problem. <laughs> um, so I have I have a son.
2: I do know that you oh, have no. a son.
0: Here we go.
1: There <sighs> we go. My son cares very much about the environment. Absolutely. And as of late, he has been like fiercely passionate. About fighting against invasive species. Yeah, it's great. I yeah. love him. I support him. He wants to change the Indiana state flower from the non-native peony mm-hmm. to a native uh, fire pink. That's his, fire pink. Yeah, that's his thing right now. He's got a yeah. petition going around. That's, I, that's- I
2: saw him at church the other day and put my <laughs> fist in the air and said, "Power to the flower." <laughs> It came out of me like I, I wasn't planning it. It literally just came out of my mouth. And I was like, power that's- Power to
1: the flower. Power to the flower. Okay. Well, so you're I, was, saying I was all for yeah. it. I was okay with it. And I, we've we've had a lot of conversations. I just need mm. to know why. Why is this your passion? At one point I did say, did Barry do this? Is this Barry? <laughs> is
2: this Barry's fault? <laughs> and it
1: Someone's was all gonna fine. going to scratch my itch. Until he started <laughs> pointing out everything in my yard. Yeah. <laughs> That is invasive. Yeah. Yeah. So he's pointing at like my red fire bush, And he's like, you know, mom, that thing's got to go. I love it. It's yeah. beautiful. It's bright red right now. It? It's invasive. But like, what is that? What's wrong with I that? I am single-handedly destroying Mounds State Park because of my <laughs> invasive How? fire. It's bush in your street. yard. But it's not just that. It's my creeping Jenny. That is a potted plant. I'm like, son, it's in a pot. He's like, the birds are going to eat it. And then they're going to spread it around. Yeah. And we are part of the problem. So he, he's, he's, sometimes he's asking, sometimes he's not asking. Sometimes he's just ripping things up. That, that he <laughs> finds invasive. Ooh. But I paid good money to have them be there. All right, here's the problem. I'm in support
0: of him. Of Jaden? But, but he's going to leave. He's leaving <laughs> this soon. This exactly
1: right. it. This is not his house. Right. He's going
0: to leave soon. And then what?
1: He pointed out a tree. He's like, Mom, dad, you guys aren't going to want to hear this, but that it's like a Norwegian something or other. <laughs> oh, I
2: thought you were going to say a Bradford pear. Those are the worst.
1: Well, no, but it's, we're like, son, do you have any idea how much it costs to take down a tree? He's like, it's worth so it. So what do we do? Like, are you each ridding I, your properties of every no, type of invasive no, species but that there is? I do
2: sweat every year to take out a uh, honeysuckle because it's, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. But here's the deal. This here's my experience. Here's my unsolicited. No, that's not unsolicited. Jonah four and talk about this. No, 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 (laughs) this is it. Here's my advice. Every time you find something like a, a, a cause you there's like phases. I should write a book on this. There's a phase that you go through. Every time you find a cause, a worthy cause where it's the extremist phase where it's like, I now see the problem. And it's everywhere. And the only way I'm ever going to be able to like sleep at night is if this problem is eradicated. Yeah. And I see it everywhere. That's what he's doing. Absolutely. And I was that I I had that phase. I mean, it uh, it, you always
1: feeling aggressive. Yeah.
2: You go through that phase. But then (laughs) and I don't know when this will happen for him because this is like with maturity comes wisdom. But eventually you start to you start to find okay there is a there are there are dials that i can dial in of my passion versus how much it can actually lead to genuine change mm-hmm. cuz he'll realize maybe he's already realizing it with you but when you go full on like idealistic die hard everything must change y- y- you wear out everybody around you you frustrate everybody around you and then you find yourself isolated on an island of principle. Okay. <laughs> and, and you're like, I feel very lonely. And so you start to, I wouldn't say like compromise your values, but you start to recognize this is much more complicated and more nuanced than perhaps I might like it to I'm be. I'm going to have
1: him listen to this podcast. All I don't right. usually, I don't usually have him like, listen, but he is about to find himself shipwrecked on an island yeah. of principle.
2: Yeah. Well, like I've been finding myself.
1: That is just what we do, son. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there you go. I, I've gone through that. I've gone through that with, with my vegetarianism. I've gone through that with my own invasive species stuff. I've got like, there are principles that you recognize, like you have to somehow bring into balance the greater good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and while not giving up your principles, finding a way to d- to pursue your principles in a way that brings more people along on the journey. And that sometimes means going a little slower. Oh, yeah. But it means that you could potentially have a greater impact. We're
1: really trying hard. Like he and I went hiking, just the two of us, a couple of weeks ago.
2: Which is probably torture because he's seeing every plant now that he's aware of. And I'm asking him. Uh,
1: So it was a nice, like, it wasn't a power walk. It was like a nice, slow climb where I just asked him, I want to see what you see. Tell Mm -hmm. me what you're seeing here. Mm -hmm. And where we went, I guess, was pretty well kept sure right. but he was at mounds the other day with his girlfriend mm-hmm. texting the family chat pictures <laughs> of the plants that we are yeah. currently growing yeah. that are destroying beautiful mounds state park yeah
2: you know he needs to hang out with my neighbor yeah <laughs> my neighbor who is part of the hamilton <laughs> county invasives alliance okay like, who's like a major big deal Well, yeah and alli- there's there's I- a
1: a hotline you can call like with the DNR, if you <laughs> like see an invasive, people are standing by with it. I just imagine <laughs> I, a bank of phones. They're like, "Honey, suckle where?" I texted him. <laughs> I texted him the number. I said, "Call him. Just call him." They're standing by. Anyway, glad we
0: got that figured out. Thanks we got for it all helping me well. with my
1: problems. That's why I do this podcast. Is I feel like that's so you guys the can help
0: me. perfect example of what I always say: is we've officially run out of problems. <laughs> No, no, no! If we're screaming "Power to the Flower" in <laughs> church, we have officially run out of problems. Oh,
1: <laughs> he's passionate about something, and I find that wonderful. I, yeah. share, but- the,
2: I share the passion. I have developed nuance, which yeah. I think comes only from the the
0: hard Scrabble streets of of
2: <laughs> reality and suburban apathy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, now it's my turn for yeah, some help. What's new with you? Okay, All right. so. Milo is in uh, preschool. All right. Do you guys want to help me with my lying problem, or do you want to help me with my uh, aggressive dadding problem? Wait, not aggressive. Are they both your problem, or is he lying? Well, I I'm not lying. He's lying. Okay.
1: You said my lying problem. Like we. Well, should. I've got a
0: lying. I've got a child <laughs> who's lying, and that's uh-huh. a problem. Or uh, my. I don't know, anxiety that everybody's judging him in his school problem.
1: Ooh, oh, oh that's that's a new era for you. <laughs> yeah. People that's are new judging territory. All
0: right, all right, we'll do that. So I guess every year in this preschool, they're like, we're going to have Super Saturday. And every child gets to choose one person to bring Super Saturday. And it's like a day full of crafts. And they bring a, a human or they dress yeah. like a superhero? No, they bring... It's called Super Saturday, and the child brings a parent or an adult, sure. so we get to bring one person, they get to bring one person, and he chose me. so I went to Super Saturday with him, and it's like we're making spiders, we're making uh we're doing tattoos and face painting and all these things. One of the projects or crafts was pumpkin decorating, mm-hmm. And so we went to go do pumpkin decorating and I don't know, there's 30 kids making a pumpkin. You're supposed to bring your own pumpkin and decorate it. And then at the end of Super Saturday, everybody takes a parade around the pumpkins to look Mm, at all the pumpkins. Yeah. And so for the most part, I was like, oh yeah, do whatever you want, buddy. Yeah, just like decorate however you want. And then the pumpkin came and I was looking around the room seeing what other kids are doing with their pumpkins. and And I'm like, all right, what do you want to do with the pumpkin? And he's like, I just want to put these three stickers on it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was
0: like, that is not going to fly. Mm-hmm. That, that is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, look, she's got googly eyes all over mm-hmm. the stem of the pumpkin. You, we can't, we can't fly with just like a little eyeball sticker on your pumpkin. That's not going to work. <laughs> and so my concern was people are going to do this parade. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, who's is that weird looking ugly oh, pumpkin? Man. And it's going to be, Oh, that's Milo. And Milo's, Gonna cry, We're gonna kinda cry, and I'm gonna be like, we could have, <laughs> could have done, done more so sun. much better. <laughs> so I know this is my problem. Ugh. He doesn't care. He thinks it's the best. He thinks putting one little sticker on his pumpkin is great. And uh, that, but I was looking around. And I was like, there yeah. are, there are what do you call them? Pipe cleaners. Oh man, there are man. Works, feathers. Works of art. There are uh, yeah. googly eyes everywhere. There are bottle corks that people are like sticking in the pumpkin and so I need help because yeah, that's
1: a tough one. it's my problem and it's only going to get worse I'm
0: like let me take over you let me take it from here you haven't
1: had a uh, social studies fair yet you haven't had a science fair <laughs> no. yet you haven't had a book fair yeah, yet let a, me tell you there's a
0: mixture of like I don't want to take over yeah you do no I don't because I I don't like stuff like that but I want him to be better <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, as I said, this is how we grow up to have our issues. (laughs) (laughs) It is it is Reformation Day, as I said. Yeah. And my kids went to a small Lutheran school. And I'll tell you what the Lutherans love more than just about anything in the world. They love a trifold poster board. Yeah. They love that stuff. They love it. They find every reason possible to use a trifold <laughs> mm-hmm. poster board. Yeah, And it was like that every year. You set up in the church basement for the book fair or the yeah. whatever, history fair, you name it. There are trifolds everywhere. Did you do it? You could always tell. <laughs> The ones where the parents yeah. were involved yeah. and the ones where the poor child was left See? to fend for themselves with mere markers.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, are they judging me for not yes. helping him or are they judging him <laughs> for judging not having you. a good pumpkin?
1: They're judging you. See? I was like, let's get out the wood burning tool <laughs> and let's make an actual hobbit hole out of popsicle sticks. Oh. yeah. I, remember, I remember my mom helping me age paper
2: to yes. make it look like the Constitution you or whatever. You've got to get involved. Oh, yeah. You've got to so get involved.
0: So, parents are are going around the parade saying, Why would somebody subject their child <laughs> to that sorry looking pumpkin? They're judging me. You've got to
1: get involved. So, now man. this
0: is a different problem because before I was concerned that the kids would be like, lame or whatever to the pumpkin. But you're now saying it's they're the judging parents yeah, going, lame. Now, they're, now
1: they're judging me. Yeah, the parents are like, Where was that guy? Uh, where was he? Delanguine. Sorry, man.
0: You just got to try harder. Yeah. That's the key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll do the lying thing too, just because it's <laughs> <clears throat> so So uh, he's lying to us consistently. Original sin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For and all that uh, fallen
2: short of the glory <laughs> of God.
0: He's he's a really good kid, but he he's learning about the consequences of doing something bad and telling the truth versus doing something bad and lying. Right. So whatever. And I heard him rustling out of his bed one night and he's, he likes to sleep with his door open. And I go in there and I'm like, were you out of your bed? And he's like, no. And I was like, I heard you out of your bed. Were you out of your bed? (laughs) No, I wasn't out of my bed. And then I lied. And I said, I saw you on the camera (gasps) out of your bed. And that's when he goes, okay, I was out of my bed. (gasps) (laughs) And I was like, "All right, well, now we got to shut the door. Now, now we're gonna close the door for you to sleep." And that was a major consequence for him. And he lost his mind after I shut the door. I didn't lock it; I just shut it. And then ten minutes go go by, and he comes out into the living room where I'm sitting, and he's full of tears. And here, I and I'm like, "Oh, he's he's coming to repent. He's coming to like say I'm sorry." And Tell me, you know, I'm not going to do that again. And he comes out. I'm like, what's wrong, buddy? He's like, I have something to tell you. I said, okay, what is it? And he goes, you were really hard on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you mean when I shut your door? I didn't do it. Like that was your punishment is me shutting your door. Yeah, you're, you, that was just too hard on me, dad. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, I, we got to recalibrate what punishment is in the Bender household. But, yeah, so we got to figure out the lying problem, too. Wow. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah.
1: How old is he? He's five. Man. You got a long ways to go. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So now he thinks he can do bad stuff, and as long as he tells the truth, he won't get in trouble. Oh. He's like, Lane will come in. He'll be like, Milo, hit me. And I'll be like, Milo, did you hit him? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. So I'm I'm good, right? (laughs) Yeah. We're good. He's the one that's going to get in trouble because he stuck his tongue out at me or whatever. But I told the truth. Oh, man. That is uh, that is tough. Yeah. Wow. Good luck.
2: Thanks. You guys make parenting
0: seem just so easy. <laughs> Power to the flower, man. <laughs> All right. Let's switch gears. Yeah. Enough's enough. It's two weeks worth of catching up. So uh, we are wrapping up Jonah. Jonah chapter four. So. We, uh, it's been a four week series. One, two, three, four. That's, and, uh, here that's we are. Four week series yep. work Well, <laughs> some people may not know that we're, we're chapter four is the last chapter of Jonah. That's, that's true. true. Well, right.
1: And not every series works this way. Like right. it just so happened that in a four chapter book, we can take it a chapter yeah. a week.
0: Yeah. Right. So, uh, Barry, you wrapped it up for us. I did. So can you kind of give us a big idea of what you wanted us to walk away with? Not just of the sermon, but yeah. the series as a whole.
2: Yeah. Jonah chapter four is in my opinion, it's the, the kind of the climax and maybe the whole point of the book. It's, it's to see how Jonah responds to God sparing Nineveh when they repent. And obviously if you read the book, you'll see Jonah doesn't take it very well. He keeps saying, I wish I was dead. He's so angry. (laughs) And, uh, bottom line, he just, he really struggles with the idea of God's grace and, uh, for the Ninevites. And so I, I, we can get into all the specifics but uh god gives him a little object lesson with this plant this this unpredictable yeah. plant which kind of we can get into what it represents and everything but essentially uh it it ends the way that the parable of the prodigal son ends which is with this sort of judgmental you know hate-filled person encountering a grace that they struggle with. And then it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. And, and we don't know how Jonah responds with this object lesson or with what God says to him. And so, so talking about that and putting it in the context of, of why do we even have this book? Why did the, why did our spiritual ancestors pass this down to us? And, you know, what is, how, what does this have to do with our world today? Uh, essentially what I, what I try to get across is the idea that, um, Jonah, is an invitation for us to, to come face to face with and wrestle with, with the grace of God, even in a time like ours, which is so incredibly divided and hate filled that we are actually invited to, to, I I said it like, why does Jonah end with chapter four? Because you're the one writing chapter five. Like Mm, it's, it's our job to take the next step in the story, which is to, to, start to not only accept, but to start to spread and demonstrate the grace of God for our our world. So um yeah, we can get into specifics, but that was basically it. It was it I think Jonah's an invitation for us to come to grips with the unfathomable grace of our God.
0: Yeah. So all right, it kicks off with <clears throat> Jonah's basically get mad that the Ninevites repented and, and are spared. Yeah. Yeah which is weird because it hit me I was like is he the only p- preacher in the history of mankind who got mad because people did what <laughs> what he asked yeah. them to do <laughs> yeah i don't know
1: well i did he ask them to repent
2: not literally we no. don't see it he just no. says 40 days and the and, city's going to be destroyed right
1: so i wondered when i was reading um in the sermon sermon notes app notes um he said, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Right. And what he predicted was yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown.
2: Right. Could be his own pride. Like I'm a, I'm a prophet of God. And now all of a sudden yeah. I'm going to look like a fool. Yeah. yeah.
1: I wondered, cause he does say, you know, I ran away because I knew that you were a God who was full of mercy and compassion. Like you're absolutely right. He did not want God to have compassion on these evil, wicked people, which is why he ran in the, in the first place. But at that point, 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown, and I'd rather die if what I predicted will not happen. It seems like he just couldn't stand to be wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm. that is
1: that yeah. is pride. And how embarrassed he would be as a prophet if he drops himself onto the scene and says, You're going to be destroyed in 40 days. <laughs> yeah. And then that doesn't happen. Suddenly he looks like a fool. So I oh, do right. wonder.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think regardless
2: what the the point that I made at that point was that Jonah's theology was not lining up with God's actions or God's. And so like, Mm -hmm. even in that case, he, he doesn't want to be proven wrong because he believes certain things about the way the world should be the way that God should act. And so Mm -hmm. when God doesn't act in that way, then he's the one looking like a fool for, for being wrong. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. So he wanted God to bring judgment upon these people, a, then he explains that this is why he ran away yeah. from God, uh, from God's call to go to Nineveh. He yeah. it's because he knows the character of God, yeah. Um, and he wasn't it. It stuck out that he wasn't scared. Like the leading up to three, if you never knew what how four and sure. four ended, leading up to three, you're like, oh, he's scared of the scary. Right. Uh, which which I think still <laughs> is legitimate and still yeah. likely very true, or like this is this is daunting. I will like, I can't do this or whatever. Like I'm scared of not being able to do it. Sure. Or that they'd kill him or whatever. But he wasn't, that's not why he was scared. He was scared that he would do it. Right. Like he was scared that he would be too good (laughs) at it and God would spare them. Cause he's saying like, the reason I ran away is because I know how good you are. Right.
2: It's, it's really interesting to compare this story to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because in that story, there's also a representative of God, Abraham, who when he sees what God is going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah, he pleads with God to not yeah. spare. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can because, find one righteous yeah, person. if you've got righteous, yeah. there's righteous people in the city. Can you do it? Would you do it if there were a hundred righteous mm-hmm. people? And he says, he says, no, I'll, I'll not. But then there aren't a hundred. So he's like, what about 10? What You know, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> Finally, if there's one and there weren't any. So it's like. You compare mm. Abraham's like trying desperately to yeah. save Sodom and Gomorrah versus Jonah, who is in the same position as a representative of Yahweh to this pagan mm. evil city. But Jonah runs away. Yeah. And then when he comes, like he doesn't he doesn't plead with God to spare them. In fact, it's the opposite. He's mm-hmm. like, you should destroy them. Yeah. And and even mm-hmm. if there's righteous people in the city, it's just interesting. It's a yeah. it's an interesting. Right.
1: And Sodom and Gomorrah did not repent. No. And Nineveh repented thoroughly.
2: Yeah. They put sackcloth on their
0: cows. Made so. their
1: cows fast. Yeah. How do you even do that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, ah, 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 get out of that grass. <laughs> Come you to think of it, I've never seen a cow run.
2: Oh, they run. They they gallop and play. But cows? Yeah.
0: Maren, don't look at me like you've seen a cow run.
1: Is that what I meant by fast?
0: Yeah. No, fasting from food. Oh, fasting from food. Like the- oh. <laughs> they made their cows. <laughs> lead like, and your- slicking what? fast. I thought <laughs> you may- we're going to make your cows fast. I'm like, why would he do that?
2: <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> They're slow. They were repenting so thoroughly.
0: And the English language, we God, just got it. too many of those words. Yeah. All right. Uh, God extends incredible mercy to Jonah. And now Jonah resents it. Like, he's, like you said, he, now he resents the grace that God, God is extends to other people yeah. that he extended to Jonah in the form of the fish and the even right. the plant. Right. That made me think about the prodigal son or the story of the lost son and the older mm. brother. Yeah. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's all focused on what God's giving or his dad or father's giving him or not giving him. And the things that give me joy are not what other people get to experience. But, what I'm not experiencing or what I don't feel is just or right. whatever. That's what, that's what made me think about it. I am
2: now fully convinced that Jesus had Jonah in mind when he told that parable. Because like of I, the way I, it mm, ends with a cliffhanger, the ends with the cliffhanger, the themes that are mm-hmm. in there, even the narrative flow. I mean, it, it just, to me, I'm like, Oh mm. yeah, this is it. Yeah. it. And even like Nineveh, the city that's being spared. And then, but the scene of God and, Jonah having this conversation is out away from the city, Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. the prodigal son, the father leaves the Mm -hmm. celebration to come out to the field to have a conversation with the brother. I just think it's yeah. If not on purpose, it's got some really, really strong coincidental parallels. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about this plant.
2: Oh yeah. So God prepares a shady plant. Mm -hmm. He appoints a plant is the way the NLT puts it. Uh, that is a very common word in Jonah because he is. It, it's kind of this theme of God as the creator of all. Mm. He's the creator of, of the sky and the earth and the land and everything in it. And so he appoints a storm. He appoints a fish. He oh. appoints a hot wind. He appoints a plant. He appoints a worm. So all these natural phenomenon, God is the one orchestrating and appointing them. Is there For-
0: anything worse than a hot wind? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, think of anything worse. A hot wind, scorching east wind. No.
0: Nobody wants hot wind (laughs) in any scenario.
1: I mean, if.
2: uh, Yeah, I don't know.
1: I, I disagree.
0: You want hot
2: moving I, I'll air. I'll tell you
1: exactly when I want hot moving air, and you want it too. Hot yoga. When you are cold, when you are outside in the winter, and you walk into like a Kroger. I want. And that- what do they have? They have those heat blasters that are just blowing no, hot wind on you as too you dry. enter the Kroger. I just want. I just want like and it's like welcome into this warming place. I
0: want like stagnant heat, <laughs> stagnant hot air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, okay. So he's appointing the plant.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm just pointing that out to say, even that is another intentional theme in Jonah, which is telling us something about God in relation Mm. to the world. So, sorry. Um, Okay. These are all the things I wish I could have had more time to talk about because they're all so cool.
0: So is, is is the plant the shelter or did he build a shelter? He
2: built a shelter for himself and... I mean, based on what we know of like, I don't know, the way the Israelites would build little temporary shelters for themselves during the the festival of booths or whatever it's called. And it, it was probably, he probably found some sticks and just like built some little <laughs> rickety shelter for himself. But regardless, he's still like baking in the heat. So it's not, it's not a, like a great shelter.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think, know. I think, what is yeah. this
2: guy good at?
0: Uh, what is he good at? I don't know. Two weeks ago, I was like, Has anybody ever been fired from being a prophet? And this is like, <laughs> he, I don't know, but um, not good at building shelters. That's no. for sure. So, this is the first time in the whole story where it says he was happy. Right.
2: <laughs> that's funny. I haven't <laughs> thought about that. Yeah. He rejoices
0: uh, that, <laughs> there's, a that there's a plant. He's like, This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I am so happy right now. And it's because God was having mercy on him. That's what the that's what this whole parable within a parable, as I call <laughs> yeah. it, is all about. God mm-hmm.
2: is doing an object lesson. He's putting Jonah in the place of Nineveh, and he's giving offering him grace with this plant, which he then withdraws because that's exactly right. what Jonah wants God to do to Nineveh. And uh, and so yeah, Jonah's experiencing in a very miniature version <laughs> right. the blasting heat of yeah. God.
1: I love that God sends a worm. Yeah, you know, like did the worm know? It's like important role like if God is appointing he's like you worm yeah
2: go. worm in the scorching wind <laughs> yeah and and maybe the worm is like I will go where you send me yeah. here I am send me the worm says and and even <laughs> even the worm is more obedient to the call than Jonah
1: I love that it wasn't just like and he sent up you know, and he a made scorching the plant wind and it withered. No, right, no, he sent a worm, a worm. <laughs> to chew on the plant.
0: Yeah. And kill the plant. How um, long do you have to sit there before you notice the worms chewing on the plant?
2: <laughs> yeah. The wor- I'm sure Jonah's just chilling there under this, under his nice leafy plant. And he's like,
0: what? Hey, Hey, <laughs> stop it. Not really yesterday. It was raining. And my two kids set a trap for worms.
1: Oh, I wow. Know. I don't
0: know what it amounted to, but they, they sit They and it was time for lunch. So it was like, Hey, come on in. And within six minutes, they were like, we got to go check the traps. I'm like, guys, I promise there's no worms in there. It They take a long time to do anything. And so for them to eat through the plant.
2: Well, OK, but as someone who grows like kale and stuff, I have watched as caterpillars have just wreaked havoc in like no time at all on the leaves of a plant. So uh I don't know, it's. I'm sure for a, for an agrarian society like that, they yeah. they would have been like, oh yeah, worms, those are the worst.
0: So Jonah's pleased because God gave him shade, but then it strikes me because as soon as the shade goes away, he's mad again. Yeah,
2: I wish I was dead.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: kill me now. Very kill emo. Now.
0: Uh, <laughs> so it strikes me again because he's angry that. Or he's happy because he's getting something from God, but mm-hmm. now he's angry again because whatever. It's focused on it's always focused on him. It's sure. never focused on other people. Sure. Um so he got mad when it got destroyed, but not because he was invested in it, which I think is what God's trying to mm-hmm. make a point about. It's mm-hmm. like, you why should you be mad about this? Yeah, you didn't make it grow. You didn't yeah, water you, you it. You have you no plant. investment. It's just because of what it gave you. Yeah. 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 Um <clears throat> and then Jonah basically quits. He said he'd rather be dead right. than live this way if if the Ninevites are going to be spared. Right. And again, I get distracted when I'm listening to things. Uh-huh. And so as soon as you say that, as soon as you're like, I think you 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 didn't say he quits, but you were like, you were reading the scripture and then you, and then you said like, all right, we get it, Jonah, or something like that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I was like, if you're going to quit in this situation, maybe you should have quit When your pals threw you into the ocean, like that's a good, better time (laughs) to quit. Maybe you should have quit when you were in the belly of a fish. Yeah. Like maybe you should have quit, uh, when you walk into the Ninevites lair. Right. But he decided to quit when the plant went away. And is he the only prophet in the world who's ever wished to die because God won't do what he wants? Mm. (laughs) I mean, maybe he's the
2: only prophet that we can read about, but he's not the only person. I feel like that's kind of a little bit more common than we'd like to admit. We're like, I don't want to live in a world where fill in the blank. How often do we say that? I mean, I don't don't think we actually want to die, but, but, and I hear people say like, I don't want to live in a world if there's a God who doesn't blah, blah, blah. So,
0: I mean, yeah, I think maybe not to this, such an extreme. We don't write books about those people though. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, So the lesson is clear to him or to the reader or to uh, what God's trying to say is God's totally justified in his concern for the people that he's invested in. Yeah. Even our enemies. And so you ask the question, do we accept grace for those we want to burn? Mm-hmm. Do we? That's my question. <laughs> what do you guys think? Well, my biggest question about that is like, when's it okay to not do that?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of what I was hoping to get into Yeah. with those
0: res- response or those sort of challenges yep. or reflection questions. So you've end. got three, you've got three challenges. Let's go kind of go one by okay. one. The first one you said, uh, challenge number one, acknowledge that God's ways are better than yours. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you mean.
2: Well, in the, in the story, like I mentioned with Jonas, you know, theology, not lining up with God's actions or vice versa, it. I think there's a a tendency, even with what we were just saying, it's like, I don't want to live in a world where God, yeah. a God would do this, or I can't believe in a God who would do this. It's like, hold up, if he's God and we're not, then it doesn't matter what we want or think. It's like, he's God. And there's a point of surrender and humility to say, like, I'm just going to trust yeah. that that you're that you know better than I do, that you're yeah. more powerful than I am, that you're more far seeing than i am and and it's mm-hmm. it's a matter it's a matter of humility mm-hmm. simply to say, I acknowledge that I'm not God, yeah, and I don't think Jonah did that. i think he he yes, claimed that he was uh following Yahweh and doing all of that, but mm-hmm. he, through his actions and through his his words he 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 felt like he could do it better mm-hmm. so I'm just i think even that love before we even get into like thinking about your enemies, it's even just that posture of, do I have the humility to say, I know that God is God and I'm not.
0: I, I have clarifying questions because I want to be somebody who does that. I want to be somebody who's like, I, palms open, palms up. I acknowledge your ways are better than my ways. What, what I, don't know, I guess, the razor thin line of between that and like, now I'm just going to be the most passive person mm-hmm. and responsive versus when I'm just going to go start doing stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I if 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 I have a problem of thinking my ways are better than God's ways, but I, I'm making a decision to not think that way. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to make a decision to relinquish my control and your ways are better than my ways. Uh, at what point am I just like is not taking action just passive passivity versus like trusting God? Do you know what I mean? Is that
1: not? No, I don't, but <laughs> Cause right. what if, well, what if God is leading you by his Holy spirit to take action in yeah. some way? You know, I don't think that it's either do nothing or do something in your own power and of your own strength sure. and of your own will. Yeah. It's, it's not that cut and dry.
2: Well, I think, and I think maybe the action is if you are going to acknowledge that God knows better than you do, and he's got, he knows what would be best. Then the action is go find out what he thinks is best. Yeah. Like go do the work to, to seek that out. Because I think usually it goes the other way around. We say, well, this is the way that it should be. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And so whether or not God says it one way or the other is, is irrelevant. But if you're going to say, no, God, God is directing my yeah. steps. God is the one who knows yeah. who's who's actually in charge. Then, then if you want to know what to do or how to act or how to think, you got to go looking and yeah. Scripture and through the Spirit,
0: through the church. Like there are a lot of ways, but it it yeah, that's work, that's yeah. action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess all right. So here's an example. We, so if if we're a per, if I'm a person who's like I'm falling on hardship of whatever kind, yeah, and I could either like go take action myself mm-hmm. to fix it. Or I could say, I just have to trust God with this. My ways are not God's ways. I'm just going to pray and pl- believe that God's ways are better than my ways. So I'm, I need to sit here in the hardship to mm-hmm. see what God is going to reveal to me. At what point is it like, yeah, but you got to do something. Well, you're
2: assuming that if something hard is happening to you, then that must be what God desires. Yeah maybe God desires (laughs) for that hardship to be something that, that he can help you through or he can fix or he, but you got to go ask and you got to go seeking that and you got to go finding it out rather than just sitting back. It's like, I I don't think the opposite of trusting in yourself is just doing nothing. Mm -hmm. I think trust the opposite of trusting in yourself is trusting in God, which means what does it mean? God, like even asking the question, God, is this something that you desire for me Mm -hmm. to go through? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The answer might be no, and, yeah. and, but it might be yes. That, that, but you got to go looking. You got to yeah. go seeking that. I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, uh,
1: what? Well, I thought of. I think we had Ukrainian friends that were visiting the very first week of our Jonah series, and Barry, I think that somebody made a comment to you about how this is this this is a hard message for them to hear right now yeah. because yeah. they have a brutal. Brutal oppressor in their midst. Mm. Right.
2: Bombing their cities, right. invading their country. And how
1: easy would it be for them? And how understandable would it be for them to just want God to enact his wrath yeah. and burn their enemy right. to the ground? And so it's interesting that you brought up and you contrasted Abraham's response mm. with Jonah's response. One of the most powerful things you said in your message this weekend for me personally was that grace can be longing for them, the proverbial them, to repent. Mm. And so maybe my first response to the thems in my life or the oppressors or the evil Mm -hmm. that I find myself presented with, if my first response could be more like Abraham's, longing for repentance and less like Jonah's, they're evil, burn them to the ground. Right. Mm that's a good starting point for for me to even try to cultivate the desire for my enemy to come to repentance. Repentance is such a huge part of the story of Jonah. And Mm -hmm. it is the defining factor that is different between Gomorrah and Sodom and Nineveh. There was actual repentance. And so if we saw that in the case of what's, you know, the war and the conflict in Ukraine, I'm sure that many should Russia repent, would rejoice. Like, wow, I can't even believe it. Like if they actually repented, yeah others would probably be like, no, it's not good enough. It's, not right. good enough. it's too, yeah. too little too late. I still right. want them to burn. Right. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and that friend that you're talking about, who struggled with mm-hmm. the idea this whole message was, it was just, she said, I mean, this is hard. The, mm-hmm. the, it's probably not for me right now, but mm-hmm. I know we'll get there because mm-hmm. she understood that I mean, it is what scripture is calling us to. But what you're saying is is actually the second takeaway, the second challenge, yeah. which is learn to love what God loves. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he looks at the city of Nineveh. He sees the people. Now, literally, I didn't have time to get into this in the message, but it says in the NLT, living in spiritual darkness. But what it literally says is people who don't know their left hand from their right, yeah. which is a way of saying yeah. their children now the context is is like they're spiritual children they're they're not not innocent but they are far from they don't know what they're bringing on themselves perhaps is a way of saying it mm. similar to 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 jesus saying forgive them father they they know not what they do mm. it's this it's this this sort of compassion that goes to like i know that they could change their ways or they could understand more deeply what's going on. And so I think, yeah, it's that I, I even said in the message, like, you don't have to, when it comes to whoever they are, you don't have to like love their actions. You don't have to love what they stand for, but what does it look like if you desire for them to change or to repent? Like that's, that still takes an act of, of Absolutely. compassion to be able to have that, even that desire.
1: Instead of desiring for them to be just, burned to the ground. Yeah. Desiring well, I, for them to come to repentance.
2: As I was thinking about, I was thinking about this. I didn't get into it in the message because I didn't, I didn't want to get specific with any like ideological divides. Cause I thought there's no need it. it we all know what we're talking about mm-hmm. depending on who we're, but I was thinking specifically about like racism. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how, for those who are very passionate about racism, when you, Look out at those racists, quote unquote, or even those racist, the people who perpetuate racist systems in the world. Like it is very natural to say what I want more than anything is for them to be gone. Mm -hmm. I don't want them here anymore. I want them out of our country, out of our culture, out of because I want it to be over. It's a far different thing to say what I want is for them to have a change of mind, a change Mm -hmm. of heart so that they become advocates for reconciliation. Yeah, that's a far deeper calling or far deeper desire than just, I wish they were out of my world. Mm -hmm. I want them to burn. I want them gone. But that, that was the specific example that kept coming to my mind. Cause like, yeah. Do I want them to be transformed and join me in the work of reconciliation? Or do I want them just gone? Uh, That's a, that's what, what does God want? That's the question. Yeah.
0: The third one is, uh, remember God's grace for you. So this is kind of a yeah, what what do you mean by this?
2: Well, like I said in the message, I, I think Jonah's biggest blind spot, I know we're throwing him under the bus a lot because he's supposed to be kind of thrown under the bus the way this story depicts him, but his biggest blind spot is the fact that he has already been a recipient of undeserved grace. Like he earned the watery grave when he was thrown overboard on that ship because he had disobeyed the creator of all life. And he had walked the other direction when he gave him a specific ask. And yet God rescued him in the belly of the fish. He brought him back. He didn't deserve it. He gave him a renewed calling. So Jonah is the walking, talking example of the grace of God for someone who doesn't deserve it. Had he been a little bit more introspective and (laughs) self-reflective, perhaps, and you already kind of said this, Todd, perhaps he might've looked at Nineveh and realized, oh, they're me fleeing God. Like their, their wickedness is no different than my wickedness. Right. And, and God's grace for them is no more deserved than God's grace for me. And, and that could have, like I said, expanded the horizons of his grace. It Mm. might've, might've understood. He might've been able to, to begin thinking in terms of, oh, I might actually be able to offer them grace because I've already been a recipient of such profound grace. Mm. Uh, He didn't do that in chapter four, but, Again, that's where I said the line about, but, but we're the ones writing chapter five. We could, if we did have that, that introspective perspective, we could, we could look back at our own stories and see the grace of God for us and allow that to soften our hearts and, and recognize that we could extend more grace to others because we've already been recipients of such undeserved grace in the first place. Yeah. So we don't know who wrote this book. Nope. Well, some traditions would say Jonah himself wrote it. Yeah. Some traditions say it was written hundreds of years after the events that it was supposed to have been depicting. And it was at a different time in a different cultural landscape. We don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like uh if I know Jonah and he wrote this, <laughs> he d- he didn't write this. Like, <laughs> like he, he, he
1: he, he would have made himself the yeah, hero. A little bit better. Well, made himself the like, victim, at yeah, least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, unless he did
2: have a big transformed change of heart. If this really, if this all really happened yeah. and this really is a like a autobiography, it's not so different than the apostles painting themselves out or describing themselves in the gospels as just bumbling. Idiots who betrayed <laughs> Jesus, who yeah. lied to each other, mm. who—I mean, it's like—but we get to see how they get—they right. We get to see how they end of the story. I had a, yeah. a, a a friend come up after service and ask me, "Do we have any indication of what happened to Jonah after this?" And I was like, "Other than perhaps some like Jewish traditions and things like that, we just have no clue. Mm. It's not in Scripture. It's nowhere else." So, like, what if know.
0: he got back in the boat and it was the same guys that like threw him overboard. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, all right, I got to go back home. And it's the same crew. And they're like, yeah.
1: not you again. No, they would have been like, you're alive. They didn't <laughs> yeah. know.
0: And
2: they also would have been like, why are you taking a boat back from Nineveh to Israel? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
0: uh, why? Is that not how that <laughs> you, happened? You just walk. Oh. <laughs> well, why'd he get in a boat in the first place? Cause he's he going, going to Tarshish. To Tarshish. Oh. He wants to get as far I thought he was as possible. Like, let's get it. Let's get in a boat. And then he chose a different boat.
2: no, you could walk to Nineveh and instead he gets on a boat and goes to the other side oh, of the Mediterranean
0: as right.
1: far away as he could possibly go. All right.
2: I'd like to think that to Jonah a had a bit. had a massive change of heart, married a Ninevite woman, uh, ended up getting <laughs> on a boat and they they lived in retirement in Tarshish and sat on the beach and talked about how much their lives had changed.
0: Yeah. Probably,
2: Probably not. Probably, yeah. Probably not.
0: So, all right, I want to take a moment. That wraps up Jonah. We are about to enter into November. Yeah. Into a series about our favorite topic. Woo. Yeah. Money.
1: G- mm.
0: <laughs> Generosity. Generosity. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wanted to take a moment just to talk about that. Yeah. Some people listen to this show the week of and um, the week of is we're, we're about to kick this off. And so Barry, you kind of kick off this series with a short video about why we're talking about this. And, yeah. You know that. So for friends of the pod, can you kind of give us a heads up or a taste of what Sure. why we're going into this next series?
2: Uh so yeah, first of all, I get it. Like, oh no, we're talking about giving. We're talking about money. Like that can be perhaps the kind of series that you're like, "Oh, I should probably skip this one." Do not. And I'm telling you why. Because of all the topics in scripture that come up, again and again and again and again and again, whether it's in the law or the mouths of the prophets or in Jesus or the apostles it literally shows up everywhere it's how we treat the possessions that god has given to us uh our money our possessions our land our stuff it is a very 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 important topic yeah. to the biblical authors and it it even though there's plenty of reasons why we might want to avoid it or not want to talk about it or it makes us uncomfortable. It's really important to pay attention to what the biblical authors thought was important or for that matter, what Jesus thought was important. Yeah. He talks about it a lot. Yeah. So, so A, it's just, let's pay attention to what's important to them, but B, what they say throughout scripture, what seems to be a common refrain is the idea that in some way, the way that we treat our resources or our money or our stuff the way that we treat it, whether we are generous or not, has a direct bearing on the blessing, quote unquote, of God on our lives. Now, I say that there's red flags that go up all over the place because you're like, oh, I get it. Health and wealth, gospel, yeah. you know, give to me, give to our church so I can get a better private jet and then you'll be blessed a thousandfold. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I recognize and I will acknowledge many times through the series, there has been plenty of abuse. There's been plenty of misunderstandings about this but there is a biblical idea that when we are generous when we give freely and share to join in join with God in his purposes in the world caring for the poor uh, establishing the worshiping community celebrating and and being grateful for the things God has given us mm-hmm. when we do that when we are freely generous with our with our things we receive a form of blessing that leads to a better life and it it comes maybe not in the form of just check in the mail, yeah. but it comes in different forms that lead us to greater wholeness, greater fulfillment, greater purpose. Uh, and, and sometimes even God does come through for us in ways that are tangible and physical. And it, it's, it's a mystical idea, but it's one that if, if there is a way for us to experience more wholeness and life in our life, I don't want us to miss out on it. Yeah. Simply because it's an uncomfortable topic on how to get there. So yeah. we're going to go there. We're going to talk about it. And, um, I'm, I'm really hopeful because the way we're doing this series, Tim's going to kick off talking about what did Jesus have to say about this in the first place? Cause I mean, he's the one we follow. Let's listen to Jesus. And then I'm going to take us through three weeks in a row looking at, at first of all, what's the law? Cause the law of Israel was like, this is the foundation of the entire, well, this is how the people were supposed to be set apart. Yeah. What does the law have to say? And it's cool yeah. what it has to say. Week two, we'll look at the prophets and what they had to say, which was essentially, hey, Israel, you're really missing the point. Yeah, And we'll listen to how, what they have to say. And they've got some cool stuff. And then we're going to go and look at the apostles and how did they talk to the early church about giving, about generosity. And what we're going to see is that all four of these weeks are going to f- have the same threads woven together. And it's sweet. It's really cool. I and can't I, wait. I'm hopeful that it's going to lead to a lot of really, um, I don't know, life-giving decisions on this, on the,
0: the part of our congregation. Yeah. So we haven't even started the series, obviously, but it's knowing that it's been coming and kind of preparing for it with different communication things. I'm like, wherever it is, whether it's church or other places, or just like individual to individual, why do I choose to be generous? And like, with what I have, and it's been some interesting conversations between my wife and I about like, why do we choose generosity when we maybe don't have to sometimes, or why do we choose when to not be generous sometimes? like we've had those types of conversations and I hope, I hope that it, I'm anticipating it stimulating more of those types of conversations. Like why, why we would choose to be generous and hearing the biblical perspective will be exciting. Um, all right. So that's where we're going next. Tim's doing it, huh? Tim's Tim's kicking kicking us off. off. Okay. Yep. And then, then it'll be me. Great. So any last words about Jonah, (laughs) Maren? Or
1: or Uh, generosity. (laughs) Generosity, Jonah. I said in week one of our Jonah series that this was going to be a challenging, challenging series. Mm. And I, it, it really was, it still is. Um, so thank you. I've got a lot written down, um, in my journal, just as I've pondered my own heart and, who are the Ninevites in my life? Where am I acting like Jonah? Where am I acting like a Ninevite? You know, just mm-hmm. very challenging, good stuff. And uh, I want to keep mulling it over. I don't yeah. want to feel like, oh, thank goodness, that series is over. Man, that was <laughs> that was challenging. No, I thought it was awesome. I feel like it stirred up things that need um, to be kind of teased out even further in my life. So yeah. good series. Yeah.
0: Good. Thank you. Well, I'm grateful that we did that. Yeah. Did All right, Maren, will you please send us out?
1: Yep. Do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God.
0: And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.